Welcome to our YouTube channel. As you take your time to listen to God's word with us, we hope and pray that this sermon will be a blessing to you as well as your family. Today, as we celebrate Good Friday, I'm always reminded of this particular conversation that I had with a young person who was not a Christian. And this interesting question was, she asked me, you know, your Jesus died on the cross. It was such a horrible death. And why would you ever, why would you ever want to be reminded of that? And I looked at her and asked her, what do you mean by that? Well, every church we see, I see a cross. It is on that cross they took the life of Jesus. If, if, I, if somebody died in a place where, you know, in an accident and, and one of my close family members, if they died, you know, I would refuse to even go to that place because it will bring me some bad memories. I would not want to revisit that again. But you intentionally remember it. You are having cross everywhere. Why would you ever do that? And that question really, I was blown away by that question, first of all. And second of all, it made me think deeper that, yeah, why would we want to remember that? And this morning, I want to speak to you on this title, The Cost of Grace, and why we remember the death of Jesus. Why do we remember the death of Jesus? It was a painful death. It was a horrible one. You know, the, the reason why Romans designed the cross in such a way that one person will feel maximum amount of pain. This particular punishment ma makes the person feel maximum amount of pain for the maximum time. There have been people on the cross who have not died for three days and four days because the position of the, of, of the cross is so much so that they die slowly. The blood still flows throughout your body, but you are dying, you are dying, you are dying, you are dying slowly. Sometimes that the soldiers would, you know, cut their legs or break their legs so that they will die quicker. Because if somebody is hanging on the cross... The soldiers have to stay there and wait until this person dies. Nobody wants to wait for three or four days. They want to go back to their homes. They want to go back to their families. So what they do is they break the legs of the criminals and they get them to die faster. Cross was a symbol of curse, was a symbol of pain, was a symbol of suffering, was a symbol of maximum, maximum, maximum pain that any man could ever experience until one man went to the cross. Until there was one man who was crucified on the cross and absolutely redefined the very symbolism. What people would not look at, everybody wanted to have it now. Where people, they would not even take the route of Golkata. No, it's a place, meaning a place of skull, a place of death, a place where there is no life, no hope, until Jesus died. And this cross became the symbol 
of hope. This cross gave you and me the freedom. This cross released maximum unlimited amount of grace into your life. What the Romans decided for maximum pain through which we now get the maximum grace. Nobody is excited in this church about grace. What they designed to be the maximum suffering, the long hours of suffering is now redefined as longest hope that you can ever have. The maximum amount of hope that you can ever have. You know, in the business world, they say there is no such thing called a free lunch. When somebody sells, gives you a free lunch, you are the product. Right? They say it's free. It's free, it's free, it's free indeed. But truly I say to you, and in the business world, you know, when, when something like that happens, they will oh, be careful. There must be a hook. There must be a catch. But there was one person who went on the cross and he said, I'm going to die. I'm going to pay the price. This, is, this grace is free because I paid for it. Yes, you and I are the products of it. You and I are the result of that grace, result of that man going on the cross. And I am glad that I am the product of grace. I am glad that grace made my life. I am glad that I have a new trajectory, new path in my life because of God, because of Jesus Christ. But there was a cost. There was a cost. There was a cost. Oftentimes, we say that when, when something, is, something is given in a lesser price, it is made sure that, that it is communicated to you that you are getting a subsided value or you're paying a subsided value compared to its actual value. But you and I paid nothing for whatever that we are enjoying right now. It is not a subsided. Jesus did not say, okay, uh, this year I will go to the cross, but from next year onwards you go. This year I will pay your fees. From next year onwards, you work part-time and little bit you also pay. This year I will do this, sponsor this for you, but next year onwards your sins will not be forgiven. It was not subsided. It was not subsided. It is not something that I'll do it now, but later you. He said, I will pay it all. I'll give it all. Not just for the person there and then, but for the entire world. Even the Jews and the Gentiles will come and enjoy. That's why he prophesied to the Samaritan woman, woman, listen to me. There will be a day when you will not be coming from this hill to worship and from that temple to worship. What was he talking about? The Samaritan woman was in a physical location where the Samaritans, they had an equivalent religious worship compared to Judaism. They had a Samaritan worship system. 
Samaritans were rejected by the Jews. That doesn't mean that Jews were poor. The Samaritans were poor people, like, you know, they were living in slums. No, they were blessed. They had their own systems. They had their own way of, of, of worshipping God. So the Samaritan woman says, which side should I come? Should I come from the mountain side or should I come from the temple side? And I'm in the middle. And Jesus says, woman, those days are going to be gone because what I'm about to do in the cross, people from everywhere will come to worship me in truth and in spirit. In truth and in spirit. Not from the mountains. Not from the temple. The praises to my living God will come from within you. Because I will come and dwell in you. I, am not in the, I will not be in the temples anymore. I will not be in the law anymore. I will not be in the sacrifices anymore. Because I am going to become the sacrifice. And I will be dwelling in your hearts in spirit. Worshipping God in truth and spirit. I'm not preaching the seven sayings from the cross this morning. Everybody say hallelujah. See, you're all thankful. I know. Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. Today shall thou be with me in paradise. Woman, behold thy son, behold thy mother. Saying number four, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Word number five was I thirst. And word number six was it is finished. And word number seven was father into thy hands I commend my spirit. Seven words of Jesus from the cross. But I'm going to be speaking from we're going to be focusing from the word number six. It is finished. I don't know how many people can truly say when they die, people around them can say that man, this man did everything. He completed everything. Sometimes to your surprise, you might feel like he has completed everything. But after the funeral and all, everything is over on Monday morning, somebody will come knocking Sir, he did not pay this much. He took a loan from me two years back. He did not finish the payment. Would you like to finish it? I just came here to give you a gentle reminder. If you continue this path, my gentleness will go down. <laughs> no human being can ever with all their heart, say, I've done it all. I've done it all. We are living in days where things are unfinished. Come on, we are living in India. We constantly see unfinished stuff. You think a bridge is done and you start driving in the bridge. And halfway through you realize the other half is missing. Thank to Indian politicians. Unfinished bridges, unfinished monuments, unfinished buildings, unfinished products, unfinished tasks, unfinished relationships. Lot of unfinished things. But as we live among a lot of unfinished 
things. You have, you and I, we have one person who finished everything in his life before he died and his name is Jesus Christ. John verse 4, chapter 4 verse 34. Can we read it together? Will it come on the screen? Then Jesus explained, my nourishment comes from doing the will of God who sent me and from finishing his work. Can we all read it together? Then Jesus explained, my nourishment comes from doing the will of God who sent me and from finishing his work. Can we read it out loud again one more time? Then Jesus explained, my nourishment comes from doing the will of God who sent me from... So Jesus feels satisfied. His nourishment is that any day and every day, whatever that he does, he wants to just fulfill the will of God. That's his priority. So no matter what is offered to him, if it is not under the will of God, he'll say no to it. He'll say no to it. But you and I, we don't have this, this spirit within us. You and I, we don't have this kind of commitment within us because we are constantly looking for new things, new opportunities, new stuff. And sometimes we go after those things without realizing or knowing if it is the will of God, if it is the purpose of God. It is one thing to live in purpose and it's another thing to fulfill potential. If you ask me a question, did Jesus fulfill his potential? I would say no. Did Jesus fulfill his purpose? I would say yes. Do you think his potential is that he could only resurrect two or three people in his entire life? Do you think his potential was to minister only for three and a half years? Do you think his potential was only that much? He could have done a lot more. But he said it is finished because his life was not about fulfilling his potential. His life was all about letting his potential be surrendered under the purpose of God. Our problem is that we are driven by our potential and our potential is not surrendered to the purpose of God that is over our life. Are you, are you with me? Are you with me? You can have 100 crores. You could have 500 crores. You could have 1,000 crores or you could have 100 rupees. Everything should surrender under the purpose of God over your life. Just because you have nothing, don't sit there saying, I cannot do anything. Just because you have a lot, don't go running around saying, I will do everything. Purpose always takes priority than potential. God will decide your potential. God will give the potential that you need when you are in sync with the purpose of God. Are you able to follow what I am saying? Are you able to follow? This doesn't sound like a Good Friday sermon, Pastor. Please talk about the blood and the cross. Make us cry. Don't come and say, oh, Jesus died, I will eat only kanji and urga. As if. Nice chicken, 65 biryani also you have. You test the potential of your belly, no problem. 
I want you to be in sync with what God has purposed for your life. Because Jesus is our greatest example. No one else. He had amazing potential. He could have just done things. Even on the cross, when he was hanging on the cross, the Jews said, if you're truly the son of God, why don't you come off the cross? You said you will save the world. You said you are the king of the Jews. You can't even save yourself. Show us. Show us that you can save yourself. You think he could have done it? Absolutely. Do you think he had potential for it? 100%. But was it the purpose of God? No. He stopped. He didn't even start. It was not like he came off the cross and said, oh, you, you, my, my purpose was to be on the cross and he went back. He didn't even think about it. Many of us live like that. We go and try different, different things. When you have thousand bucks left, you will keep opening Zomato. When you have 10 rupees left, delete the app. Jesus name, go away. Don't tempt me. Oh, it's sinking in. Oh, preach. Lord. Holy Spirit. I am not prophesying. I am just talking facts here. I don't need Holy Spirit for this. We know how we operate. huh? But that's how our mind works. That, that when, when all of a sudden you have a rush of resources, all of a sudden you have great friendships, all of a sudden you have a new job, all of a sudden you have relationships, all of a sudden things are going well, and all of a sudden you feel like Superman and you want to do everything. And you go into all new avenues and ventures and meet that person, this person and all that, and you want to try it out. But did you know? Did you ask? Did you ask God if it was your purpose? Just because you have the potential doesn't mean that it is the purpose of God. Finding God's purpose always comes from a place of surrender. Your purpose does not come from your potential. In other words, your purpose in life does not come from who you work for, how much money you make, what business you run, what turnover. What turnover? You want to talk about turnover to Jesus? He will turn you over. <laughs> it does not matter. None of that matters to him. All he wants is knees that are bent and lips that says, for you have given me much, but I want to be in your presence and find my purpose. Everything surrendered to the purpose of God. If you say, God, move, you move. If you say, God, stay, you stay. Here's the thing that I've learned. That when you have much, God says, don't do anything, just be quiet. When you don't have much, that's when God says, okay, now you sow. And I am like, hey, blow nale, eh? I had, I was blessed, God. At that time, if you said, sow into the kingdom of God, I would have sown. I would spin it for God. Now you would strip everything away from me. 
and people are chasing after me and now you are asking me to sow asking me to give by faith and our hand is like we feel twisted because what we are doing is that we are constantly designing our faith based on potential and not on the purpose of god when your faith that you have in christ jesus is built by the potential and resources external resources of your life you will not be led by the purpose jesus was led by the purpose jesus went on the cross because that was his purpose could jesus have had stayed in this earth and had a good life absolutely could have jesus thrown over the roman empire and literally became the king of the world absolutely he could have done it all but he chose not to do it john 19 verse 28 to 30 jesus knew that his mission was now finished why because he fulfilled the purpose of his life his purpose was not to live but to die his purpose was not to be blessed but to be resurrected his purpose was not just to have a good life but to give you the goodness of god into your life jesus knew that his mission was now finished and to fulfill the scripture he said i am thirsty a jar of sour wine was sitting there so they soaked a sponge in it but it put it on a high soap branch and held it up to his lips when jesus has tasted it he said it is finished then he bowed his head and gave up his spirit the most important word of jesus words of jesus on the cross is it is finished nobody is able to understand the magnitude of these words when he said that he didn't he did not say i am finished now those will be our words i am done sir this month gone i am finished if that project did not clear off i am finished if i don't i submit that assignment on time i am finished if i don't pay the bills i am finished if i don't answer the calls of the bank i am we are constantly saying i am finished jesus never said on the cross i am finished he said it is finished he's constantly referring to purpose to purpose to purpose what does this mean to you and i can i tell you something you know what this really means there is nothing much you and i can do now because jesus has done it all you can never pray a prayer saying god can you ever understand me do you ever understand my pain god will be like <clears throat> have you read the gospels did you go to big read you read leviticus maybe at 4 am you fell asleep huh but go and read the gospels go and read hebrews chapter 4 for he went through everything that we are going through and yet without sin and blamelessness he lived a life holy and pleasing to god you want to talk about pain you want to talk about suffering 
what subject you want to talk about everything is there in the bible one of the things i was having a conversation with our team is that we were reading through big uh, you know reading through the entire bible since monday right and 72 hours we finished the entire bible we read through and as we were reading a couple of words i was hearing from the bible i was like pani idala irka some people were like pastor did you hear that there are literally about every single thing aspects of your life that you need help that you need guidance that you need directions everything is there everything is there the young people might feel pastor except that book of numbers no i just don't know how that how that applies to my life if anybody can read through numbers have seen the throne room of god <laughs> but even in that it just all those numbers goes to show that god is a god of generations god is a god of details god is a god of god of numbers some one pastor said pastor churchilla numbers ella mukyam kada why you worrying about numbers pastor god does not care about numbers called him come here you know there is an entire book in the bible called numbers <laughs> god loves to measure you know that he loves to measure he loves to measure his goodness he loves to measure generations he loves to measure faith he loves not to judge us but to celebrate his measurement even if it's one he like, wow he celebrates even if it's tens and thousands he celebrates he loves to measure so you and i there is nothing that you can do now to impress god there is nothing that you can do now to gain the trust of god it's like you're already married and you have two children and after that you go on your knees and propose to your wife asking will you marry me darling and your wife will be like come eat breakfast no what are you doing no i just felt like i need to earn you and often times this is how we build our relationship with god that god is saying it is finished but god forgive my sins yes you need to confess and repent but once you confess once you repent you start walking in the grace some of us confess and repent to feel more guilty and then we started realizing that oh my god i am so bad then you start pray lord i am a mop stick lord you wipe me you mop me change my name to lysol god is like i never created a mop stick i created a living soul and i put my breath in it and you would have committed sins but i know you were going to do all that and that is why i came and paid the price so that you your bloodline is changed grace you you just cannot get we are not capable of getting our head around grace the potential of the grace of god because grace of god is not a license to sin grace of god should not let you even think about sin it has taken us to a higher standard in the old testament if you commit sin you pay 
sacrificial offerings wave offering you know how many offerings are there we are reading leviticus wave offering clap offering stretch offering kill offering all sorts of offering and you just got to keep doing this and doing that and doing that and doing that and jesus said done i'm done with these offerings i am coming to you now it is not religion it's a relationship if you know me you know my father if you know my father your name is cleared your name is cleared so in the new testament he said in the old testament if you commit sin you give this in the new testament if you think of committing gone pastor it would have been nice in the old testament itself pastor naala aata vaangi kodutha correct pannirukla andavara here the standards are high yes the standards are high because of one man who went on the cross because of that grace i want to quickly talk to you through five things that jesus has finished on the cross for you number one he fulfilled the promise of god the promise of messiah of saving the world was finished luke chapter 24 verse 44 to 47 he said when i was with you before i told you that everything that is written about me in the law of moses and the prophets and in the psalms must be fulfilled then he opened their minds to understand the scriptures and he said yes it was written long ago that the messiah would suffer and die and rise from the dead on the third day it is also written that this message would be proclaimed in the authority of his name to all the nations beginning in jerusalem there is forgiveness of sin for all who repent that's the promise there is forgiveness of sin for all who repent repentance is not a one day event repentance is a lifestyle just like how you pray just like how you read the word just like how you speak in tongues just like how you you are doing things for god you need to repent every day repent confess repent confess because there are some sins that you don't do anymore because you have repented you confessed and god has brought you out of it but discipleship continues in your life we are not just to come out of 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 being an alcoholic and i used to drink now i don't drink anymore not just that but now we need to go into a place that i live in the fruit of the spirit i live in the gifts of the spirit love patience kindness just because we have given up on big stuff we can few i used to be in a pastor 20 years back if you had met me you won't even come near me why brother sarakku pastor full nobody can come near me yeah i can understand but now see you are hugging me and all that jesus saved me and you have come out of that but appo i speak some greek pastor i speak some hebrew they have that little bit gifting is there whenever extremely filled by my own anger a little bit of greek comes out pastor but you know god understands i am a work in progress you he knows he knows you understand what i am saying 
this has been our attitude. We, we say, those are big stuff and these are small stuff. Who said? Show me anywhere one verse in the Bible that said, those are big stuff, these are small stuff. Anyone who grieves the Holy Spirit has sinned. Simple. Has, that's as simple as it gets. Anyone that replaces the love of God in your life with anything, you have sinned. You talk about addiction of this, addiction of that, addiction of that, you know, drugs and this and that. If you're addicted to food, that is just as equal of addiction to drugs. That is awesome. Pastor, food is not an addiction. Come on. God has said that we need to rule and claim over everything. That you shall consume. If anything that is, that is an addiction, whatever it is, is just as an equal sin like anything else. So there's no big stuff, there's no small stuff. What I'm trying to say is we all need to repent. Can you all raise your hands and say, I need to repent. Every day we have things to repent from. Make it a, make it a habit because the gospel starts from repentance. That's where it starts. Every day you receive forgiveness for the sins for, and for all who repent. Number two, Jesus fulfilled the justice of God. Our God is a God of justice and of grace. He's a loving God and a just God. He's a God of laws, but he cannot go back on his own word. The problem is that you and I, we're just not able to keep the law. That's why we needed Jesus. Romans chapter 8 verse 3 and 4, it says, The law of Moses was unable to save us because of the weakness of our sinful nature. So God did what the law could not do. Jesus did what the law could not do. He sent his own son in a body like the bodies we sinners have. And in that body, God declared an end to sin's control over us. Are you understanding this? Because of Jesus, sin cannot control your body. Is it, impos is it possible? Absolutely possible. Oh, I need to give up on sin. No, you don't need to give up on sin. Sin will give up on you when you give into Jesus. Can I hear an amen? Nobody leaves the city saying that I need to leave the city. Sometimes you say that. But most of the time your focus is on the destination. I am leaving so that I can go there. But when it comes to sin, we don't talk about sin that way. You, all we hear is that I need to give up this sin. I need to give up that. I need to give up that. But can you focus in the person of Jesus Christ? Because what you are doing is try to raise your standards to the law. You want to give up so that the law will not hold you down. You want to give up so that the law will not put you down. But Jesus is saying that it is not the law, it is a relationship. It is not a religious thing, but a relationship. So the Son of God in his own body, just like we as sinners, he declared an end to sin's control. When Jesus said it is finished on the cross, what did he say? He said that sin will have no control over your life. Temptations will have no control over your life. 
Sin will not take over you. And that's what he declared. And he gave his son and sacrificed for our sins. He did this so that just the requirement of the Lord will be satisfied for us who no longer follow our sinful nature, but instead follow the spirit. Jesus did it for us, what God's justice required from us. Does this mean that Jesus, uh, God canceled the law? Does it mean that God looked at Old Testament and said, yo, I wrote this full Old Testament for these fellows. They can't keep up. Let me wipe this Old Testament away. And then he sent Jesus? No. He sent Jesus as a fulfillment to the law. The requirement is that justice should be given because God is a God of justice. But you and I are not capable of giving that justice. So in our place, he sent his only son who brought justice for us. Tell me who will do that for you. Tell me if one person will say, Today they are ready to trap people who did not do anything. You know statistics say that 70% of people who are in prisons you know, all over the world are there in the prison for a crime that they never committed. That's the stat. 70%. That's the justice system of this world. That's the human judges, Supreme Court judge. He's only Supreme Court judge. He's not the Supreme of the Supremes. That's the capacity of human mind. What I see, what ears hear. But God's justice is beyond that. God's justice is super different from the justice system of this world. Because God's justice says, while they were yet sinners, I forgive them. He has even forgiven you and given you blood for the sins that you have not yet committed. Hello? His grace has come into your life for the things that you have not yet done. Does that mean that you have to go do it and claim it? No. It means that you don't have to walk into that path of sin anymore. But you put the cloth, the robe of righteousness over you. And walk in freedom. Walk in freedom. Jesus did it for us. What God's justice required from us. He finished what we can never do it for ourselves. Romans 5.18. Adam's one sin brings condemnation for everyone. But Christ's one act of righteousness brings a right relationship with God. And new life for everyone. Third thing that Jesus said when he said it is finished what did he mean by that he paid off your debt everybody say I'm debt free there's no confidence in that I am debt free I'm not talking about the financial debt I'm talking about your debt but that you have created through sin And Jesus paid everything that you owed God. That you owed God. It's like somebody just walking into your life and telling you, how much do you owe to people? Just randomly. How much do you owe to? Oh, 
you don't want to know or or one lakh because we never say the actual number we start with small numbers or one lakh irukunga or one lakh i need to really that's it illa illa i think it could be 2 to 5 no no i think it could be and this person says just say the number i want to write a check really just say the number what is the catch sir do i have to work my life for you for the rest of my life what do you want me to do nothing you do nothing you just take the check cash it and pay for everything and doubtfully you say the actual number and this person just writes the check gives it to you and everything that you owed just gone like that just gone like that how do you feel if this actually happens in the real world you will be right now standing on this chair and clapping your grace is enough i know that's how you're feeling right now on the inside on the outside you're so pause like oh my god this is so lovely thank you jesus let's act decent but inside you are like tang dakara dangda i know your heart is feeling like if this really could happen but that's what jesus did that's what jesus did he walked into our life and he didn't he, this is the beauty beautiful thing he did not even ask how much you owe because you can't tell how much you owe him you can't measure the 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 pain that you have caused because of your sin he do, he does not ask how much how much kilo sins you have committed jackin <laughs> tell me i want to i want to just okay 100 grams maybe no 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 he knows how much you owe him because he knows everything from the beginning to the end he knows things you have committed he knows things you are committing and he knows the things you are about to commit so everything included he writes something and he, this is what he writes down he says by my righteousness they shall be righteous too by my blood they shall be set free you owe nothing you owe nothing you owe nothing this is why we cannot perform worship to god when someone does something like this i want to do all the dangadakara possible and worship him i want to go crazy in his presence i want to express because i am living in a true freedom where somebody did not even just ask to pay back anything just walked into my life and changed my life upside down and now all that i can give him is my praises all that i can give him now is thank you what can i do for you lord nothing you i know whatever you have done is enough pa no no i want to do something for god podo i want to be this i want to be that. no 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 you just start with two words don't even say i love you lord you start with thank you thank you thank you because gratitude is the place of realization of 
God's purpose and potential for your life. Without gratitude. That's why the psalmist beautifully writes, I will enter his gates with, not, you know, PSR S950. Not with, this is the wrong time to give the card. <laughs> Joking. You know, not with, with your skills, not with your talents, not with the look what I have, nothing. All you walk in with the password is thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Because he paid off everything. Number four, he defeated death. He defeated death. Which means that you and I don't have to live in the fear of death. Statistics says that 90% fear that people have is the fear of death. Everything else falls under much lower radar. It's the fear of death that people are absolutely, you know, uh, occupied and, and their mind is filled by that. Romans 5.17 says, For the sin of this one man, Adam, caused death to rule over many. But even greater is God's wonderful grace and his gift of righteousness. For all who receive it will live in triumph over sin. And death through this one man, Jesus Christ. The only reason we believe in life after death is because Jesus proved it. Jesus proved it. This is why Christianity is not a religion among other religions. This is why Jesus is not a God among other gods. Many people say, oh, how can you prove that Jesus is, you know, well, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. We claim that it's the truth because Jesus said it and he has shown us that he is a resurrected God, not a dead God. Show me any God man who is still alive. Show me if Swami Vivekananda is alive. Show me if, if um, you know, Muhammad is alive. All the tombs are still shut except for one tomb. And that's Jesus Christ. That's Jesus Christ. He is not one of the ways. He is the way. And the only way. We will never change that. We will never compromise from that. Today there are so many theologies coming up. They call it liberation theology. What liberation? It's slave mentality. It's, it's not liberation theology. It liberates you into sin. It liberates you from the focus of who God is. There is no liberation in that. True liberation comes from believing that Jesus Christ paid it all and you and I cannot do anything to make up to that. So all we need to do is just be on our knees and worship him all day long. He's not asking you to worship so that you will receive. He's asking you to worship because he's already done it all for you. That's the difference. He's not asking you to talk to him so that you will get something. He just wants to have a conversation with you so that you can hear his heart. You can know his spirit. Jesus defeated death. He defeated death. So you will find people in your life where they will argue, oh, you can't just prove that Jesus is the only thing. Are you saying that everything else is a lie? 100% everything else is a lie. Everything else is a lie. Today, when you scroll through social media, there are so many gurus and, and these guys and that guys who are all giving life 
you know life lessons and some of it i look at it and it sounds so convincing some of it is ulta apdiye copy edified from the bible and some of it just sounds like it's convincing even christians like uh, you they watch the gurus and hallelujah praise the lord maybe he might be a secret christian no he's a public sinner are you with me church i'm saying all this because i love you and i care about you don't get be bought into all this kind of nonsense that is out there only there's nothing outside the word of god only the word of god speaks the truth gives you life everything else is opinions truth is always one if there are 10 truths it is not true they are opinions of men but what we have here is the truth of god one person asked me this question how can how can you say how can you say that jesus jesus is uh, you know jesus is your father jesus is your god how can you say you know he died in israel you know some many years ago and how can you worship god in tiruchi because of that and then he was he was trying to like get me to this but in that moment god gave me a wisdom and i just i just spoke to him uh, and i said hey do you have a son he said yeah yeah i have a son can i just have a chat with him okay sure so i called his son and said hey son is this your father he said yeah it's my father no he's not prove to me so this guy was like looking at me going why are you saying that to my son i am his father man don't attack my family just because i asked a question no no i'm not attacking your family i'm just trying to communicate something to you what proof do you have that he is your son well i have birth certificate well who gave uh, who got the birth certificate you only got your son did not go and get the certificate what proof do you have what proof do you have how can you claim that boy looked at me ayyo yo you appa you're not my appa va i said no no calm down relax he is your dad the only proof is that he looks just like you he looks just like you the reason that and i said this the reason that that you are not able to be fully convinced that jesus is god is because we as christians we are failing to look like him and we are working on that but you didn't you don't need to look at us if you can look close into my life you will see the work of god you will see that i am in the image of christ the only proof that i can give to you that jesus is my father is because i look like him how many of you can say that that i look like him i look like my daddy i look like my heavenly father that's why we are created in the image of christ and everything that he did on the cross is to restore that image restore you back into that image god is not calling you to be good because you are bad god is calling you to good because you are good and you are meant to be good 
That's how you made it to be. He paid off everything. So don't live in fear. He defeated death over your life. He's not just a god among other gods. He's the only god. And number 5, he destroyed the power of Satan who is trying to control you. When Jesus said it is finished, Satan thought that he finished Jesus on the cross. He thought Jesus is done on the cross. But Satan realized that he was finished when Jesus rose again. Satan realized that he was gone, he was done, he was finished when Jesus rose again. The devil has no power over your life unless you give your heart to the devil. Unless you give space to the devil. There is not much you and I can do. All you need to do is just receive this Jesus and continue to live in faith. Can you all stand together? We are going to read this verse together. Philippians 1.6 It will come on the screen. And let's read this verse together. Ready? On the count of one, two, three, go. And I am certain that God who began the good work within you will continue his work until it is finally finished on the day when Jesus Christ returns. The one who started this process of salvation in us he will see it complete until he returns so what do i do until he returns pastor keep walking in faith keep walking in faith keep repenting keep you know changing into the image of christ one step at a time one step at a time and every time you come together god said commune together until i come back do not leave the church do not leave the community because you can't do this alone you need to follow jesus he has did everything but you're not called to do this alone you're called to do with god's people so commune together we're going to go into a time of communion this morning but before that as you've received the word from god this morning i want you to take a minute and just start praying in your heart lord there are times that i have not realized the fulfillment of of what you, the fulfillment of the cross in my life When you say it is finished God there are so many things you have already done for me there are so many things that you already finished and some things I am still praying for it and not living in it so God help me to just move into life full of faith if that is you can you just start praying right now the holy spirit is going to enable you you follow Jesus because it's all done for you you don't have to do anything to claim your place or to earn his love he already loves you he already loves you he already loves you thank you jesus thank you for listening to our sermon today we hope it was a blessing for you as well as your family if you would like to support our ministry you can do so by visiting kingscitychurch.com/give and we will meet you next week with another inspiring sermon god bless you